0: Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for finding us on your favorite podcast app. Also, you can find us on Dash Radio. Download the Dash Radio app. Search for Nothing But Net. We're there every single day at 7 p.m. Also, my new show on OnSideRadio.com where we cover more than just the Miami Heat but have all kinds of Five Reasons guests. That's every day on OnSideRadio.com at 10 a.m. And, of course, FiveReasonSports.com. Spell it out. F-I-V-E-ReasonsSports.com. Brady already has an article up. We've added a couple of writers to... To the site as well this week, so make sure to check out all of that content. Also, check out PrizePicks.com. They introduced something new today, and I've already won twice on it. They're doing single stats for NBA players now. So, if you go to PrizePicks.com, use the code five. It's as simple as this. I went in today, took a look at the board, and said. Is Kevin Durant going to score more than 25 tonight? Yes. Is Trey Young going to score more than 25 tonight? Yes. I got helped out by the double overtime and the fact that the teams they were playing against don't play any defense, but I won. So give it a shot. Throw 20 bucks down or anything that you want to do. And you can win, you can play where you can win, sort of double your money, you can triple your money, you can quadruple your money. Use the code 5-F-I-V-E, play different combinations. Again, this is the new way to play Daily Fantasy. Go to prizepicks.com, and yes, you can do it this weekend as well on the NFL's Conference Championship Games. And now, tonight's episode.
1: One, two, three, four, five. On the floor. Welcome to Five on the Floor. A daily show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick with Alex Toledo and Greg Sylvander. Part of the 5 Reasons Sports Network.
0: All right, Ethan Skolnick back on 5 on the 4th floor. Full crew tonight here. We also got a full crew over on the YouTube channel, so make sure you check that out. 5 Reasons Sports YouTube, we got Jonathan Ramlikan, um, Adam Barai, and others are going to be over there tonight. I've got Alex Toledo, Tropical Blanket on Twitter, Greg Sylvander, Greg Sylvander on Twitter. After the Miami Heat up their record to six and seven, they win in Tampa against Toronto 111 to 102. They do it even while giving up 35 to Toronto in the second quarter. They close strong, they hold Toronto to just 44 in the second half, 19 in the fourth quarter. There are a lot of stories tonight, but there's one story that takes total precedence. Kendrick Nunn, going into Sunday, had 33 points on the season. He's now put up 48 points in the last two games. Tonight, 9 of 12 from the field, 28 points, 8 rebounds, 5 assists, and a steal. We'll try to look past the five turnovers. He was 4 of 6 from 3, again, 9 of 12 overall from the field, 6 of 6 from the line, Somebody gave Kendrick Nunn his powers back. This looked like Kendrick Nunn from early last season. Greg, you and I did a pod a couple days ago. We said sustainable or not sustainable. Um, Are you feeling that this is potentially more sustainable? And I mean, has he earned a rotation spot back?
2: I think he has. I think that he has to. um, I mean, the last two games he's been particularly... Uh, obviously, the the robust statistics, uh, you know, definitely indicate how awesome he's looked the last two games. But even prior to that, like, I think back to to the OKC game where he was like four of six from the field and uh, and then against Detroit he played a pretty you know it was a bad game overall but i think he he was he shot 3 for 6 i'm not looking at it uh had 7 points 5 rebounds um you know so he was kind of building towards being productive and now you see this like outburst two games in a row uh you have to hope that it is something that is uh not sustainable to the degree that we've seen it the last two games but if he can just be a productive Player off of the bench and a scorer and a creator and a player that they can depend on at any level. I think it's a huge plus because obviously we've seen the just the weird nature of this season. So, um, all good things from Kendrick Nunn, how long it lasts, you, that remains to be seen. Well,
0: some of it, of course, will depend on when guys come back and they're still waiting on Bradley, Hero, and Butler. So, those are three guys that could obviously chew into a lot of those minutes. Um, the I, I want to get to you on Nunn. On this here, Alex, but the thing to me that was really impressive about this win and why other than I would say other than the second Milwaukee game was the most impressive win of the year, even though Toronto has been scuffling a little this year, is that Miami did this again without Hero, without Butler and without Bam and Dragic. I mean, Bam sort of took over late, but and Goron got his scoring up to 17, but they really weren't the ones carrying the day. It was. It was none. It was Olenek. Uh, I thought Aguadala was terrific tonight. Like, I, but but let's let's cycle back on none here. Alex, are you seeing anything different in the way he's playing other than just confidence?
1: No, I really think it is just that and a lot more decisiveness. And I'm not saying you know he makes the best decisions. I think we he he showed again tonight that he's not a point guard. And you know the Raptors have a lot of very good defenders. So I'm. I'm giving him credit here like I think he did a really good job being a shot maker which is what he was for all of last season and he hadn't shown uh, Since the season was suspended the first time due to COVID and for him to just come out two straight games, you know Versus a bad team versus a good team each and just you know put up buckets when his opportunity was given to him Like that's obviously that obviously bodes well for the heat as far as the rotation It's it's tough because I just don't know like when the team is healthy where he fits because, like, I, I wouldn't want to take Avery Bradley out of the rotation for what he brings. You know, Heroes, a starter, Drogic coming off the bench. I don't, I guess you could run three guard lineups, but I've never been a huge fan of that. I like, mm-hmm. I'm I'm not against none being in the rotation in a vacuum. I just think it's tough with giving the actual guys on the team when they're healthy, but uh, we don't know when the, we're actually getting that iteration of the team. So, as long right. as he's getting the opportunities and, and, you know, and he's making the most out of it, that's, that's good for them, and, you know, uh, good for his trade value too. <laughs>
0: And, and it's a good point. We don't know when – I mean, they don't know when they're going to have everybody back. I think Hero, you know, maybe we're looking at one more game. I, I would expect to see Jimmy and Bradley maybe by the second Brooklyn game. We'll see. Um, and, again, Brooklyn, that was an interesting performance tonight. We'll talk about them a little bit more before the Heat end up playing the Nets for two. But the thing about it with me with none is he doesn't start the game. I mean, tonight another new starting lineup. Vincent and Dragic in the backcourt with Robinson, Adebayo, and Olynyk. So essentially they really didn't play any wings in the starting lineup like Noah Pala, Harkless didn't play at all right you don't have Jimmy so you Poor go ma'am. with yeah or, and, right and right and so you, you go and then you know you come off the bench and, and Iguodala played these big minutes I mean the thing for me with with Kendrick again is and this was pointed out again on the telecast um I think Reed and Karate have been really on point with a lot of this stuff lately and I think a lot more sort of open about things than I'm accustomed to hearing them but they talked about what we talked about a lot is is Kendrick being more of a willing passer and ma- being more decisive about passing. And no, not every pass was perfect, but he did have five assists. And there were a couple of times, I mean, the, the pass out to Duncan for a three is not a pass. I think that Kendrick would have made last year. So something's happening in practice. Um not enough for Eric to have started him tonight over Vincent. I, I felt like the move to Vincent was to get the better defender in the starting lineup. And kind of, And if you look at it, I mean, they did a job on Lowry. Uh, Lowry tonight was 2 of 12, 1 of 10 from 3. He looked disconnected tonight. He had 10 rebounds and 7 assists. Now, Van Vliet had 24, but he didn't do the kind of damage he did against the Heat in the bubble. He was 7 of 18 from the floor. So 9 of 30 from the starting backcourt. And the other thing about none is – You guys remember the team he struggled against the most last year was the Raptors. He was awful in that game in the bubble. That's kind of when we noticed that
2: things were off with him and he played well against length tonight. Yeah. Um, And the other thing is that, he just looked so much more active. I mean, like on the boards, particularly is where I, I saw him like stealing rebounds from some of the big men. And um, like that's the kind of stuff when you start to see a guy bouncy that way, you he's starting to get a little bit of swagger and confidence. And uh Kendrick Nunn just may be a player that as he settles into his career, uh, is driven by the confidence factor. And, you know, the the thing we can't lose sight of is that he was. Uh, competent enough on defense as many guys were and the story tonight uh, as much as the the individual performance by Kendrick Nunn was amazing it was the way that they uh, switched defenses possession over possession and ultimately kind of confused and 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 bogged down the Raptors in 39% shooting, only only for the Raptors overall, uh, 32% from three. I mean, though th- that's the kind of Miami Heat defense that they've uh, liked to uh, been attached to their identity, and just haven't been able to get there for quite some time.
0: Well, and they did it while he left Harkless and Akpala, you know, two of the I guess wing defenders that we thought we might see in different roles this year on the bench. I mean, he played Max Strus 11 minutes tonight, um, and, and I, that's they the basically got 28. Right, right, and here, here's what I want to get to um, next is you mentioned the defense. Uh, I saw a number on Iguodala today about what he's holding his opponents to like over the last six games, and it's something like 24% from the field. I thought he was great tonight, and it's not just the three threes, but just active everywhere, the two blocks, the steal, the quick hands. There are some nights where he looks really old, and there are some nights he looks like Prime Iggy. <laughs> And tonight was one of those nights where he looked like exactly what they needed. Like he kind of stitched their lineups together when he was out there. He was just a plus two, but it felt better than that. I, I still feel I'm with you, Greg. They have to figure out a way to preserve him for the playoffs, but just to help them get through this stretch so they don't get buried in the standings, he's been big at times for them.
2: Oh, yeah. I mean, there there was a point in the game today where I, I think he had 10 points in 10 minutes or something like that is how it had shaken out to that point. Um, so he was highly efficient hitting the threes. I know he turned around and, and said something to the bench after one in the corner. So, you know, Iggy was feeling himself as well. And as much as they do have to hold him back when you don't have Jimmy, and you're trying to kind of get the the team pointed in the right direction and and start to you know conjure up some victories because it was a r- weird rough stretch there when you lost three in a row. Um, I think that that is this is the type of game where you need to plug Igudala in in the regular season and then there's a lot of other nights if Jimmy has it is back then you sit Iggy. Quote from Eric Spolster:
0: This comes in from Brady Hawk, who's on the calls right now. Um, Eric Spolstra and Kendrick Nunn. K Nunn is incredible competitive character. Not only do you have the confidence for him to respond, but you respect him so much that you're rooting for him. There are certain players that Eric Spolscher just likes. Um, I just got, you know, from the beginning, you can just tell the way he talks about certain players. He likes uh, Kendrick. He wants, uh, he wants Kendrick to, to be successful. He talked about tonight. He said Kendrick can not as a playmaker. He works on his quarterback reads every single day. I love the kid. He's committed to his craft. And look, say this for, for none. You know, again, there wasn't a lot for him to complain about because he was playing so poorly, but there would be some guys in his situation who would have complained about losing a starting job, you know, basically because of COVID essentially uh, going into the bubble. You haven't heard any complaints. Um, I feel like they're still committed to him as long as he's here. The one other question on him. And then after the break, we'll get into some of the other things from tonight. I said, you know, the other day. I don't think there's really a a way to recover Kendrick Nunn's trade value. That's how it looked to me because I I didn't see him as a positive asset anymore if they were going to look to move him for someone else. I mean, could I be wrong, Greg? Like if he was to put together a stretch of two or three weeks, do you think teams start to pay attention to him again?
2: Absolutely, especially in a COVID season where uh, you know getting a viable eight-man rotation in a game can be a challenge. I think he absolutely redeems himself. But to your point... I don't think he will redeem himself enough to be more valuable as a trade asset than he will be playing well for the heat in the rotation going forward through the balance of the year.
0: It's interesting. And we'll have to see what happens with Bradley. Uh, To me, that's a big part of it. All right, we'll get to more tonight's game. I want to talk a little about a, a Linux as well. And some of the other things that happened tonight point Bam etc before we do that i want to tell you about another great sponsor the five reasons sports network they sponsor our streams over on the youtube channel of course that's biscayne bay brewing company this is the locally owned beer company here make sure that you check them out they support us so that we can keep producing content for all of you we get the tropical bay ipa the marlins lager any of their other beers you can check them out on the website but also when you go to a restaurant, make sure that you ask for it. A lot of times they're just putting it on the menu, but you can also find it at a lot of your local publics they list them on the website. This is the beer we're drinking at five Reason sports. They become good friends of the network as well. And again, uh, they are the official beer of the Miami Marlins as well. So check out Biscayne Bay brewing company. And as soon as this COVID things passes, whenever it is, we're going to start doing some watch parties with them. All right, let's get back to tonight's episode, we keep, t- you know, I feel like with Kelly Olenek, it's like one, f- one step forward and two steps back. Um, tonight was a step forward, five of 10 from the field, 15 points, eight rebounds, eight assists The Heat had tonight. Okay. They had 29 assists on 39 baskets, which is a healthy percentage. 15 of their 29 assists tonight came from Bam or Olinick. I'm not really sure there's another team in the league that would get that from their two bigs. We, sometimes we, we get frustrated with the rebounding with the Linux. tonight. He had eight bam had 13, but I mean, they were essentially running the offense through their two bigs tonight, Alex.
1: I mean, I don't think this is anything new. I mean, obviously tonight was kind of the, you know, the most we've seen at the highest volume, but I just think like, this is, this is what Spo does. He, he gives you the playmaking bigs and he just kind of runs the guards around them, especially, you know, when Jimmy's out there, I mean, he's not out there and he's not the guy who can go and initiate stuff for you. Well, all of a sudden you turn into Bam and Kelly doing all the handoff stuff, doing all the play creation stuff. And that's how you get, you know, you spring free uh, Gabe Vincent or you spring free a Duncan Robinson. That's how you get these guys open. Cause you're not going to do, you know, some type of Gabe Vincent high pick and roll and let him create. And I just think it makes a lot of sense. And obviously you can get repetitive because you're missing guys. And that wasn't really the formula that Spo wanted But But uh, when you got uh, this type of situation with those guys out and you've got literally just four shooters next to Bam and, and, you know uh, three shooters next to Kelly like i just think that's kind of the way you got to do it and, and you know this inverted offense stuff is one of my favorite things about Spo and how creative he is like i love that part and you know bam just giving you advanced reads there at the end of the game uh possession after possession i thought was great
0: and and bam bam kept finding and the thing was bam on the drives kept finding the three point shooters you're right i mean they just kind of used him as the spoke of the wheel and um, did it
1: with no screen on with Siakam guarding him. Like, oh, my gosh. It was amazing.
2: Like, you know Bam is ascending into rare, rarefied air when he has kind of like a quiet, almost like a game where there was a moment where I think people were going to say Bam could have maybe had an off night. And he has 14, 13 and seven assists. Uh, six or 14 from the field. And just when he found, uh, I don't know who the shooter was. And I think it was Goran actually. It
0: was was Goran in the left corner
2: that he found in the corner. I mean like when he's making passes like that, like that's the kind of stuff that um, like the, this is where he truly does uh, have no ceiling.
0: The the last um, heat player of even close to that size that I remember making a play like that um, used to wear six down here. I mean, that that was that looked that looked like a LeBron read, right? It, it just I mean, he basically probing the paint, knowing where the all top. the shooters are, swinging the ball out to the corner. I mean, and again,
1: as great waited as LeBron out the has, help, it, it was like it was masterful. Yeah, it was <laughs> two masterful. times in a row. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you're talking about a that guy a, that was Lucas stuff right there. Yeah, a
0: guy at that size doing that uh, was pretty tremendous. All right. I want to focus a little on the opponent tonight before we close the Raptors are a team that was up there ahead of the heat last year. Um, you know, everybody, I think felt they overachieved last year. They don't, I don't know. They just, a lot of their parts don't look right to me, Greg, like, no, Siakam they need a reset, is, right? Si- Siakam still isn't what he was. I mean, lowry has been really good this year. So tonight was an off night. Baines has given them nothing though. Um, <laughs> so, right. So, so even though, even though they've got the, the sort of, they, they've got a mini leap from Boucher, I, you know, I, I, I don't know if I mean the Raptors to me, they don't even look like a threat in the East this year.
2: Yeah. I mean they, they there's elements of their roster that I still like. And um, obviously if they can keep uh, you know the front office intact, that's gonna that's gonna help yeah. things tremendously in terms of whatever the the soft reset or whatever it has to be. But I mean if you think about that, they split their mid-level between Aaron Baines and Alex Len. And they cut Alex Len today, uh, you know, $2.6 million guaranteed. And they just released him today. Um, And then Baines, you know, with the rest of the mid-level and he's not been productive at all. Um, Boucher, for them to like hold him down, he's been really productive game over game, like literally 20 every night for maybe like the last. I don't know, seven, eight, nine games. So I I thought that that was a big win for the heat off of the bench. The bench outplayed Toronto's. And I I don't know. I get the sense that this is a team that recognizes their window has closed and that, um, that there's going, there's going to be a shakeup. And I just don't know that it necessarily points to anything related to Miami. Like, I don't know that we need to unpack it in that direction, but Toronto as a, as a contending Eastern conference team, I don't see it.
0: Well, and and I think they anticipated the shakeup. The way Kyle Lowry spoke at the end of the playoff series against Boston last year, like he didn't seem like he thought he was going to be playing with a lot of these guys again. Either he was going to be gone or some of them were going to be gone. It turned out Ibaka and Gasol were gone, but I think both of them were incredibly underrated to what the Raptors did. I want to go to you. I know we haven't watched it yet, Alex, but before again, before we close, because um, I do think we need to start to look at these other teams in the East, I just want to give you a box score from this Cavaliers Nets game tonight. Um the Cavs scored this one, does this thing go double overtime guys or was this single it overtime? Did. Okay, it did.
2: It so I I checked in a couple times. I just could not um I couldn't resist. <laughs>
0: yeah, no, I got it. Well, because cause I'm looking at 34 points for Cleveland in the overtimes. Um so Cleveland wins one forty-seven to one thirty-five we don't, I'm Sexton went off, but we don't have to look at Cleveland statistics. We're more interested in the nets tonight. They got 38 out of Durant 37 out of Irving. Okay. On a combined 17 of 53 from the field Harden had 21 and 12, 21, 10 and 12 assists in 51 minutes. He was six of 14. So he deferred and they still lost. They got a total of 10 points from their bench uh, six of them from Joe Harris, who played 42 minutes, really nothing from anybody else. I mean, big threes take some time to come together. You don't evaluate me after one game. I learned that covering the heat that started nine and eight in 2010, 2011. But it strikes me, and I'm going to get a chance to watch some of it tonight, that this is a team that's going to struggle defensively. Right, Alex? I mean, I, I mean on, on paper, at least
1: on paper no doubt and i think that was what we kind of looked at even going into the season before the Harden trade and then you know they traded their uh biggest rim protector in Jared Allen who who i think is still a lot better than DeAndre Jordan who i guess is just a fill in center there
2: hey and Jared like, Allen balled out tonight
1: there you go but uh but no like i think they're it, it, just looking at it on paper they're going to struggle on defense but if you look at it they were actually a very good defense last year. They were a good defense before the Harden trade. Like, they were going down, but I believe they were still in the in the top 14. So I wonder if they're going to be able to make it up. But I still think, like, that's a team that, you know, you get them in the playoffs and, and you have guys there that I think you can, you can hunt or, or try to score on for sure. But uh, the offensive side, man, I just don't know how you guard that team when they're rolling. Like, they're going to be moving the ball around like that you know, they put out a lineup with, you know, their three plus Joe Harris and either DeAndre Jordan or Jeff Green. And it's so like, you know, obviously I think DeAndre is the way you go there. You have a role, man. But if you have a lineup with those five out there as like your closers, I just think it's really, really, really tough to guard. Like you're just always giving up a poison somehow. And I think that's kind of what it's always going to be for Brooklyn and why they're going to be the favorites, even with the lack of depth. And as far as Cleveland, what have I told you? Uh, they have the second best defensive rating in the league right now.
0: Uh, you know, they've done a nice job there. I will say that. I, you know, and I think obviously uh, Drummond's had something to do with that. I got to watch them a little. And Larry Nett
1: starting at the three.
0: Yeah, no, it, it's. I mean, if you look at their group, it's it's interesting. It's an interesting mix. Of course, like, they're dealing with the uh, the Kevin Porter Jr. issue right now. But I mean, tonight they got 29 points off the bench from the two guys they got from the Nets, <laughs> Prince and right? Allen. Yeah. Um. And and Sexton had 42. I mean, this is without Garland tonight. They're seven they seven shot- on the season. Of the teams, of the teams that we didn't talk about before the year, because the top five teams in the East we expected, right? I know Indiana's got some injuries now, but we didn't know the order. But you know, we we're talking about Brooklyn, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Boston, Indiana, right? And then Toronto has been the one that's dropped out. Of the of the other teams, though, right? Orlando, Cleveland, um, the Knicks have been a little better than expected. Which, Greg, is the one that you think emerges uh, maybe either to replace Toronto in the Eastern Conference or if Toronto somehow rallies, maybe they grab an eight?
2: I think I still probably lean Atlanta a little bit. Um, Charlotte too, I think, is an interesting team that I just I, I like that like that it's a fun team to watch so far. But I mean, obviously, it hasn't translated to a ton. They're six and eight. Uh, th- those are the two though that jump out at me. I am buying no New York Knicks stock. I don't care how well Julius Randle plays, and um, the Magic. I, I, I don't know. There's there's something there that also feels like they're just avoiding. Um, the inevitable soft reset as well because they just want to be in the playoff hunt. So I would say I, I do like what Cleveland has pulled together. I mean, they shot 20 of 40 from three tonight, 50% on the dot. Like that's just insane. Uh, so maybe they are, but any of these teams are all first round exits, no matter, you know, which ones get kind of six through eight. Yeah. Charlotte's got this
0: crazy assist percentage now, which is like the best assist percentage in four years. I mean, there's no question LaMelo has been good. All right, we'll get back He's coming to the off heat. the bench. I, I know uh we'll, we'll uh we'll get back to the heat tomorrow a little bit more again check out our sponsors um go to prizepicks.com use the code five f-i-v-e use their single stat format of course our friends over at biscayne bay brewing as well have a good night
2: thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network